Welcome into the Level Flight Podcast. My name is Connor Rabchak, and on today's episode, Elliot and I are going to be looking at some mock trades that you submitted online. We started it off with a quick rundown about the Vegas Golden Knights winning the Stanley Cup, talked about the Blue Bombers' impressive opening win, before once again playing armchair GM and discussing whether or not we would make certain trades. It was a fun one to record, so we hope you enjoy. You're listening to the Level Flight Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome into episode 34 of the Level Flight Podcast. We keep trucking along here in the summer. I've got uh, Elliot with me. Elliot, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. We're missing somebody. Um, yeah. It's unfortunate. Um, it's not that Brian's <laughs> sick or anything. He's just super busy. He's got lots going on. So Yeah, the way you okay. said it's unfortunate. It was like, whoa, like what's going on here? Well, yeah. we want to have him here. Yeah. That's what it is. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, totally. He's very busy with the Gold Eyes. Brian does so much good work for them. Um I, if I was plugging the stuff he did, I'd be here for the entirety of this episode. So just go look at his Twitter. He posts a bunch of stuff there. Um, but yeah, we're, we're missing him this week. But we are we're having a bit of a fun-ish episode where we're doing a bit of a deal or no deal type mock trades episode. You know, a lot of people throw out mock trades this, kind, this type of year. Um, so I threw out a tweet and a lot of people responded with a lot of mock trades because it's, you know, people love the mock trades. And we're going to take like four or five of them and just see whether or not we would do it. If we were Kevin Shoveldayoff, right? If we were the general manager of the Winnipeg Jets. If we were um, an armchair GM. Yes. We, we did the armchair GM episode a few weeks ago. We're just going to do it every single week now. Until yeah. we actually become the GMs yeah. of the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. That is the dream. We'll but... get there eventually. We'll get there eventually. Don't worry. Um, But first, we need to talk about the fact that last night, the Vegas Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup. Um, yeah. Elliot, does this make you feel better about the Jets' round one defeat? Yes or no? I think it does a little bit. Okay. I mean, we talked okay. about this a while back. I think it does just because the only game that Vegas looked somewhat vulnerable was game one against the Jets. Yeah. Other than that, like, I don't want to say it and because fans of other teams are probably going to get upset, but Vegas kind of cruised after that. Yeah. I know they did cruise against the Jets, but after game one, they kind of cruised. So for to me, I feel a little bit better just because at least the Jets kind of gave them a – well, they gave them a, a game in game one, and they competed a good chunk throughout the series. Hmm. It was just one or two games that they didn't look great. So, I mean, it is what it is, but it's not like it's like, oh, the Jets held them to – like, yeah. took them to seven and – it made it better, but it still feels a little bit better. Yeah. So with a few tweaks, you know, the Jets are right there. <laughs> Unfortunately not, no. They are absolutely nowhere near being a playoff contender. I actually saw a tweet. I'm not sure if you were the one that retweeted it. It may have been somebody else. Um, mm-hmm. It was about they'd figured out that the last, like, six out of 11 Stanley Cup champions had four-star producers on it. 
and oh, eight yeah. of the last yeah, 11 yeah. had six or something like that. So I'm sorry the Jets have like not even two, sometimes one, yeah. depending on the season. So uh, they're not even close, but they're also playing a different brand of hockey. Uh, I don't right. think Kevin Chivaldayoff knows what uh, era it is. So. I mean, Vegas is like the deepest team in the NHL. They won a Stanley Cup, and Aiden Hill played great, but they won a Stanley Cup with Aiden Hill in it. Like, Aiden yeah. Hill was a backup goalie for the majority of his career, gets healthy, plays great in the playoffs. I'm not discrediting what he did, but for a team to almost make goaltending, like, not matter in a sense, um, they Wait, beat what, the Jets with Brossois. Yeah, they beat the Jets with Brossois, and then they were beating Edmonton with Brossois as well. Um, or they were tied in that series, and then Aiden Hill came in, and they won that series, and yeah, the rest is history. But they're they're such an impressive team. But then you also look at their cap sheet, and they're like eleven million dollars or twelve million dollars, or maybe it's even more than that over the cap. Um, so there's like I'm not saying there's an asterisk to the Stanley Cup. Like any GM can do that, right? Like yeah. the Jets can finagle the cap in a way that they're 18 million dollars over the cap next year too if they if the jets had mark stone they would be doing the exact same thing right? i mean apparently i heard that they could have so they could be in this position but the year that vegas traded for him i'm pretty sure it was reported the jets were one of the teams in on him like when he was a senator um i think that's where that conversation stems from but yeah would yeah. have been a manitoban great story well, actually, you might as well call it the Manitoba Golden Knights at this point. Yes. Yes. I, I think they have like six, five or six players yeah. on the team, plus their GM um, is Manitoban. But the Stanley Cup is going to be here quite a bit. I remember going to Jonathan Taves Arena uh, when he won the Cup and he brought it. And there was this That's... long line you had to wait in. Oh, that Why was, does that, that sound so? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, that just sounds. I know it's not. I know that. I don't think that they obviously. Like obviously, they named it after him. But it just right. kind of sounds kind of egotistical. <laughs> but it makes sense for it to be there. You know. Do you know yeah. where I'm coming from? It's just yeah, weird. Yeah. It's like Jonathan Taves is as on arena with the Stanley Cup. But I don't know. I was yeah. talking to some people last night, and I I said I don't understand why they don't like. I know the cup doesn't make its rounds, but I don't know why they don't just keep the cup here for multiple days and weeks at a time yeah with all the manitoba guys that are here yeah because now it's gonna be i as far as i know they don't do that even if guys are in the same city as far as i know the cup just like it follows a list and it just kind of goes it comes and goes so it's gonna come and go like five or six times this year or this summer so it's gonna be a little crazy but it'll be cool to have it here we'll see if like the fourth time well, I'll yeah, because like by then no because <laughs> by then no one's gonna want to be there. I guess the first time when Mark Stone brings it, it's gonna be like eh, everyone's gonna want to go, and it's gonna be nuts. When like Keegan Colasar brings it, and it's like the fourth time that the cup is here, that's when I'll go. Yeah, that's when I know. Yeah, but anyways, um, keep an eye for the Stanley Cup this summer because there's a good chance it's gonna be here at the yeah. end of the day. Like that's the, <laughs> I'd say it's a pretty good chance. Yeah. Um. And then we keep touching on summer sports every episode. Um, the Bombers actually finally played a game. We've been talking about them for the last few weeks. They play this week again on Friday in Saskatchewan. It's not Labor Day. It's not a banjo it's, bowl. But and that's what it's I'm a game against about. Saskatchewan. I'm so well, confused. sometimes they do this. I know they play them three times normally in the season, but normally it's right. like the, the first two times normally Labor Day and banjo bowl, and they don't play them again until late in the season. Mm, so that's yeah. why i'm confused that's why i'm like why are they playing saskatchewan all right but 
if you're trying to keep ratings up, that's the best thing to do early on in the year. Put the best rivalry in the CFL on early in yeah. week two. Yeah. And so. the Bombers in week one, I mean, they dominated the Hamilton Tiger Cats for three quarters. And then for five minutes of the fourth quarter, fell apart completely. And then went right back to dominating and ended up being fun. So I, I like, I tend to believe the three and a half quarters we saw where the bombers just absolutely throttled the tie cats. Um, and if like the two uh, yeah. fluky plays where they fumble for a touchdown, kickoff, fumble, touchdown, I just don't like that's just not a repeatable thing. Like, you just don't yeah. see that in football. So the bombers are a wagon. We know this. Zach Claros was throwing dimes just. He looks really, like he's really having game. the easiest time of his life out there. And Lawler's Jeez. not even on the field yet. Yeah. Like, yeah. Best old line in the league, best receiving core in the league. It's his pockets looked fantastic. Like, yeah. I don't I don't think he had there were I think the only time he did have a bad pocket was when he got his when there was this uh fumble. Yeah. That was probably the only time that I was like, oh, that pocket wasn't great. Other than that, that just, like yeah. He, yeah. he got to stand in there, do whatever he wanted, and kind of went, ah, I think I'm going to throw to you this yeah. this, this play. So. <laughs> Dalton Schoen, Rashid Bailey, Nick Dembski. Ah, Dembski. He looks more open. There you go. Like, it's or, just or Carlton Agudozzi. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I had him in fantasy, but he only had the one catch. Oh, well. I thought he, I thought he was a lock for a touchdown. Well, he, at 6'6", six, six as a receiver, you'd kind of hope that he is a lock, but yeah. they weren't looking, they didn't get into the red zone for a touchdown. No. It was, no, it yeah. was like, they're at the 40 and you're like, okay, probably a Brady Oliveira <laughs> run here. Oh, nope. Deep ball to Dempsey. Okay. That's <laughs> yeah, touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was a really fun game to be at. I mean, it was a gorgeous night. Um, 29,000 people, great crowd. Bombers were up. It doesn't, it didn't hurt that the Bombers were up three touchdowns in the first quarter, right? People were partying um it was friday night it was great um and i can't wait to go back this week saskatchewan they won their first game they squeaked by edmonton i think it was 17 13 so i don't really know what to expect the bombers are going to be favorites they're going to be favorites in like every game so if they ever lose it's going to be an upset yeah just put it that way um but they're not the only team playing we got the winnipeg gold eyes as well who Came back home after a tough six-game losing streak that Brian talked about on last week's episode, and they swept the Chicago Dogs, who were at the time in first in the um, in the entire league, and then they in like it's shifted to Kansas City, who since they beat Chicago three times, Kansas City moved into first, and then Kansas City beat the Gold Eyes three straight times. So it's kind of an up and down season right now for the Gold Eyes. Um, they won last night on the road. They got Jacob Bockley back, who's one of their best hitters. Um, Brian could obviously tell you more about what's going on, but pretty up and down the standings season. pulled up. Yeah, um, the Gold Eyes are right now second last in the West Division. Uh, the Kansas City and Fargo are kind of pulling away at the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kansas City's nineteen and nine. Fargo is eighteen and nine. Everyone else is below five hundred, and the Gold Eyes are kind of just in that mix. Um, I do believe, I'm not sure if the playoff format has changed. I think it has. It used to be that the top two teams would make the playoffs. Um, I do believe now it's the top, top team gets, it's always oh, the top four in both divisions now. Yeah, I okay. believe so. I, I know for a or while. It also, four. I know, I think it's three because I know that there's now a game before the, mm, yeah. um, before the divisional round. 
Um, so I believe it's the top three teams and two and three have to play each other. So technically the gold eyes would still be in play there. They're only uh, right. half a game back of, uh, of Sioux city. And um, so, I mean, we'll see. They've been kind of up and down. So I don't know. Yeah. It'll all depend and, on how that goes. And yeah, like this team could totally go on a, like they went on a six game losing streak. They could go on an eight game winning streak next week and, just like that, they're well in a playoff spot, right? They're in a mix of a lot of middling teams. So the first one to go on a long winning streak is going to have the upper hand. Um, and then the Winnipeg Sea Bears went on the road and played pretty well. I mean, they won their home opener. They were 1-0. Then they went on the road and came back from that road trip 4-1. and I was not expecting them to go 3-1 and on the road trip, but that's a uh, that's pretty good mark for a team that's just learning how to play together and stuff like that. And then they come home. I was in the building Monday night and they lost by 30. They got blown out. They were down like 15 in the first quarter and it was not close after that. Yeah. Um, the crowd was still into it though. Like when the Jets and Bombers are getting blown out, which for the Bombers, again, doesn't happen often. But let's say when the Jets are getting blown out, um, people like just start to leave. Like if it's like the start of the third period and the Jets are down 5-1, you're going to see this the stadium start to flow out a little bit. Yeah. The Sea Bears, they were down 30 the whole game. Stadium was packed. Every time they went on like a, a 6-0 run or like a 6-2 run, like it didn't even have to be a big yeah. run. They were going a 6-0 run and the people were up clapping. They were getting hyped. Like the crowd is great. They sold out again. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of support for this team. They play again. When you hear this, it'll be tonight. They play again Thursday. Um, and hopefully it's a better effort because the fans are there. Uh, the fans are sticking around even when they're getting blown out. And yeah, um, yeah the, the team played great on the road. I, I assume you have more to say about that. Um, yeah, they were fantastic. Well, they, they had their moments on the road. Obviously, we've talked about them in Elam time. I won't get too much into that. If you right. want to, if you want to get into it, you can hear more of my comments and my game recaps. I know it's a shameless plug, but I've... <laughs> I, I'm not joking when I say in every single game recap that I've written, and I've now done five of them, I'm doing number six. This is the first one that I'm doing that I didn't talk about the target score um, right. because they've just been struggling there so much. Uh, they yeah. did do that on the road. It wasn't fantastic. They looked great for three court, three and a half quarters, and then they've start, they seem to fall apart. This game, I will say, before the season started, I looked at everybody's roster. Obviously, I did a... Um, I did a breakdown. Edmonton, I th- Edmonton and Niagara have two of the best defenses, at least just on paper, in my opinion. And as evident, uh, Edmonton shows that they have a really good defense because um, mm-hmm. they they kind of just decided that Teddy Allen can score as much as he wants, but as long as they stop Adrian Ck and they make sure that there isn't a thir- tertiary score, it just seemed like the Sea Bears were in this constant loop of like turnover. Edmonton runs in transition. Off in transition, gets a wide open three, boom. Come back down, turnover, transition, wide open three, boom. It was like, and it was just constant. Like yeah. Edmonton went on a few like 12-0 runs where it was just turnover three, turnover three. It was yeah. ridiculous. The yeah. transition defense from the Seabirds was horrendous. Like absolutely yeah, terrible. Um, The offense wasn't great because they were forcing up bad shots. And then they just didn't look like they were in it for a good chunk of the first, like the, the first quarter, they looked completely out of it. Now, again, yeah. As much as Edmonton is great on defense, they were on the season coming into this game. They were one and three, but the most important stat, they were shooting 22% from three. 
Really? Yeah, they were one of the worst wow. three-point shooting teams in the league. And then they go off for a game where I think they shot like 45% as a team. Yeah. So you have a night where a bunch of guys are hitting. It's kind of hard to, it, it's yeah. like any, it's like guys on shooting streaks in the NHL or guys on hitting streaks. When guys are hitting, it's kind of hard to stop a team, especially when yeah. it's the entire team. Cause then you're like, okay, well, I can't leave anybody open. Right. So if someone drives and kicks, it's kind of, kind of over, but they play Brampton again. They get a rematch against the Honey Badgers, who were the only team, other team to beat them, other than mm. Edmonton. Um, so, and they were actually Brampton was the only team that they kept it close. So it should be good. Uh, I'm hoping for a bounce back performance. I will be in attendance for that game. So there you go. Should be good. Yeah, should be a good one. I mean, yeah, if they sell out again, Brampton's a good team. They beat the Sea Bears once. I, I think it's it's going to be a great game. I hope um, so. I yeah. Hope so. That's about all for our, you know, little summer sports recap. Um, now it's time to play deal or no deal. But first, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors. Um, again, it's going to be Brian. It's going to be weird because he's not here. But Brian still does our ad reads. So he's going to do the ad read. You're going to hear from him. And we'll be right back. So light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can make a $5 bet and instantly score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text uh, HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance. Uh, in, uh, um, eligibility and uh, deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash hockey terms. And we're back, and it is time for some armchair GM mock trades. Elliot, are you ready? I'm so ready. I, I love doing this <laughs> stuff. This stuff's fun to me. Yeah, so you know, I'm excited. I I put the tweet out and so many people responded. So many people love these, these mock trades. Um, some of them are like crazy. Like we'll, we'll get into some at the end that are just like nuts. Like if that happened, that would be unfathomable, but let's start with an actual realistic one. Um, someone, someone suggests PLD not to Montreal, which is the first, whoa, not to Montreal, crazy part of this, this trade. Um, but no, PLD with an extension in place, plus Blake Wheeler, half of his salary retained to the Rangers for Alexi Lafreniere, Braden Schneider, a first round pick and Barkley Goodrow. Elliot, deal or no deal? I think you can work something out here. Um, I, If I have to pick deal or no deal, I would probably say deal. Hmm. I know we've heard that. Uh, uh, oh my god, I almost said Pierre Lafreniere. Um, Alexis Lafreniere <laughs> yeah, is, no. is kind of not working out in New York, and PLD has been rumored to potentially want to go play for the Rangers. Um, now, do I think that the Rangers give up on Lafreniere already? I don't know, but mm. I think it'd be an interesting. I think they're trade. ready. I think they're ready to give up on him because they they got to win now. Like their core is getting older. Yeah. 
Panarin's they... into his thirties. Kreider's into his thirties. I think Zibanejad's into his thirties. Shesterkin is now like twenty-seven or twenty-eight, and that's the window. Like you've got yeah. Shesterkin for the next three, four years, and then these guys are going to be thirty-five, and Shesterkin's going to be on the wrong side of thirty, and that that's your window. So I think if Lafreniere doesn't fit that in the next two, three years, and Dubois does, um, I think that's that's what they'd go for. Well, and I think technically, I think the thought here is is you're basically if i look at this trade i think what you're getting is basically you're trading i know the value is not the same but the player type of wheeler and lafreniere and and point production is basically the same so i think Mm -hmm. that's what that's where this trade kind of goes is okay well part of the value for pld is you get lafreniere but wheeler is basically an older and more veteran version of laugh at this point um Mm -hmm. And then the first kind of fills out the value. I, I think this is a pretty decent deal. I don't know if I'd take Barkley Goodrow. I'd probably maybe try to finagle that somebody might, else. That but... might be just to make salary work. Kind that, of that could, and, then that, um, and that could be the case. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think this is a terrible trade. I think um, I'd have to look deeper into Schneider. But like having... Schneider? A... I, I can yeah. provide yeah, a little bit on Schneider. He's, he's a first-round pick, 2020 um 19th overall i believe um and he this was his first full season last season uh he's pretty sheltered but he played really well in those minutes and he's the kind of guy i believe he's 21 or 22 let me just double check that yeah he's 21 so the jets have said they don't same age yeah they don't want to rebuild right um so getting going and getting players that are 21 and not like 18 you know not like just drafted prospects that's probably what they're looking at. So a former first round pick who two just looking former for a, firsts. Yeah, who are both looking for fresh places, a bigger opportunity. Yeah. Those are the kind of guys that I think the Jets are going to be targeting and this deal fill, fills that for sure. And then you and get you, the first and, round pick and as you well. get a first and you get a first. Yeah. So I think actually this is we we'll talk about the other deals. I think the other deals are pretty good too, but this one's kind of out of all of them that I that we've looked at or well that I've seen as we talk about them, it might be my favorite just because you're getting two guys that have NHL minutes and still have high ceilings. Yeah. So, yeah. And then again, if Lafreniere figures it out, that's, that's a good deal. Um, but that's a big, if um, that question was submitted by Justin on Twitter, Justin L 99. Um, I just wanted to shout that out. Um, and let's move on to the next one. Unless you have anything no, else. That's let's go on. Good to the next one. All right, so the next one is involving Mark Shifley to the Carolina Hurricanes for Martin Natchez, Jack Drury, and a draft pick. Deal or no deal? I'm going to go with no deal. Really? Mm. Just be a little controversial. Um, I'll, I'll, <laughs> just because. Just because. Yeah. If, if I'm the Jets and I'm trading Mark Shifley, even if you have to throw in a little bit more, and this is going to sound really crazy and really fantasy hockey sort of thing, and people we don't are do get, that here. Yeah, we I don't know, do people, that are, here. people are going to get mad at me. You can't just trade for Jack Eichel in the middle of his prime and then yeah. go and win a Stanley Cup, Elliot. You can't do that. Yeah, yeah. and and that's, and that's not even what I'm saying here. <laughs> I, I think you need. To, I think the Jets, after seeing Vegas, and I know this may sound weird, be, and I think you know where I'm going with this. Um, I. I think Jarvis is on the table. If you're trading, if you're trading yeah. Shifley, I think Jarvis should be on at least 
discussed. If it doesn't work because Caroline doesn't want to give him, fine. But I think if I'm the Jets and Caroline comes at you with Natchez and Drury in a pick, I'd maybe go, okay, if you want to swap Natchez, I'm assuming probably Natchez, probably Jarvis has a little bit more value than Natchez. Long-term value, yeah. Long-term value. But if I'm the Jets, I go, can we swap Natchez for Jarvis and you have a deal? And if they say no, because you know what? No, we we have Jarvis in our plans and we're going to sign him long-term. Okay, fine. But even if they say, okay, throw in two-thirds or something, Shifley in two-thirds for Drury, Jarvis, and they give us a second, I'd be all over that deal. I think yeah. Vegas, I think the Jets seeing Vegas win with Winnipeg players, yeah, I think should be a wake-up call that we probably should bring in some homegrown talent because it's they're not bad. And they mm-hmm. may actually want to play here because they're at home. It's not even a close to home yeah. thing. They're 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 in their hometown. If they don't want to play here, then fine. But yeah. I'm I, I don't know. I know Seth Jarvis's dad personally. I'm sure he would love for his son to be here. Because I know he flies I mean, yeah. all the way out to Carolina to watch <laughs> games. So I think having him here would probably be better. And I know Seth, I'm assuming Seth would probably love to play here. I know he probably is yeah. enjoying his time in Carolina, but I I think this this specific deal, I'm kind of saying no to because I think the Jets could maybe get a little bit more value. And I think that's where Seth mm. Jarvis is that little bit more value. Right. Okay. So I'm going to say deal. And here's why. Um, first of all, before we get into any of the reasons why I'm taking this deal, this was submitted by Benjamin Kemp on Twitter who his profile picture is him wearing a Carolina Hurricanes hat. So this was submitted yeah. by a Canes fan. This yeah. was not a Jets-centric um, trade request. But Martin Natchez, 24 years old, 71 points in 82 games last year. And if the Jets want to retool, this is the guy. Like, yeah. you need you need centers back. Natchez can – he's played wing. Um I think you could try him at center. I mean, I, I I like your thinking where you get Jarvis because he's a Manitoba kid and he's going to want to stay here long term and and, because, long, and long term future too. Like right because he's, if you're from here, theoretically, you want to stay here. Um, you want you're not just, gonna just just play like yeah. I, I he's looked good. It's, yeah. it's it's not even just because he's a hometown kid. That's a bonus. I just think that he has a good long-term future too. Not to say Nate just doesn't either. He's also young. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that Jarvis is younger. They're looking for guys that are – it's in that same Alexis Lafreniere range. He's right. 20, 21. You can – I know Jarvis's deal is up soon. You could sign him to an eight-year extension, and then he's here until the middle of his prime. Yeah. That, that was my thinking of it. That was like the main part of it. It was just the yeah. hometown thing's a bonus, but you keep going. Yeah. Well, the Natchez thing for me, like their second line center, Carolina, is Jesperi Kokteniemi. Yeah. That's why they would make this deal. Like from a Carolina standpoint, if Natchez is their second line right winger and they go out and get Sveshnikov back and they add a few guys in free agency, this is a good deal for them, I think. And they're in win now mode because. If you think the Jets have players coming up next year, holy moly, go look at the Carolina Hurricanes cap sheet. I'm just going to pull it up real quick here. Ajo's up. Tara Vinen's up. Natchez is up. Drury's up. Jarvis is up. Um, let's see who else here. Well, this year, yes, very fast. Paul Yarvey, Jordan Stahl, Paul Stassi, all those guys are up. Brady Shea, Brett Pesci, 
they're like all those players are UFAs next year. Or Natchez is an RFA, but this is their like this is it for the Hurricanes. Either they're gonna win and everyone's gonna want to come back, or they're gonna bottom out and these players are gonna want to go because you don't have the cap space to retain all these players. Aho is gonna command north of ten million dollars, probably, probably twelve around there. 11 North, yeah he's gonna command some big time money um tara vinen like all these players Se- are Sechnikov, gonna, like um jarvis he's yeah, gonna jarvis want is a, probably even gonna want seven well, he might six. want like a bit of a bridge so that he can cash in big time but my point is like if you're carolina you need players now because this core is like this is it <laughs> there have so many players up next year and i think they gotta they gotta go for it um, but I really like Martin Natchez as a player. Um, I think he's a big time point producer and I think you could mold him into a center. Um, if you search up online, like he's listed as a center on like hockey DB. Um, I don't know. I haven't paid much attention, but I do know he played mostly wing this year. That's why they had like a second line center issue. Like in the playoffs, they got kind of killed there, but even if he's a winger, I think I just I believe in the player. I I think this would be a great deal. And then if Shifley's on his way out anyways, and this is his last year on the team, I think Natchez and Drury um, is a pretty good return. And I will include a little caveat: the tweet did say Shifley with an extension, like a three yeah. four year extension. So that also raises the price a bit because Carolina knows they're not just getting him for one year and then he's walking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Carolina needs help offensively. They need a finishing talent. The guy scored 42 goals last year. Shooting heater or not, that would help out the Hurricanes, right? We know that Mark Shifley can score. It's the other parts yeah. of his game that we've always questioned about. We don't question his goal scoring. He'll he'll put up 25 to 40 a season. And I think and... Carolina is well-suited to hide that. Like, Carolina yeah. is well-suited to have him just be a finisher, a scorer. And the defensive issues, like, they have five incredible defensive defensemen. Um, that can and, just shut and their down, coaching right? staff is really good. So I'm yeah. not, I, I wouldn't, I, Rob they the would, <laughs> Rod Brindamore, I'm sure can probably find a way to hide Mark Shifley. Like other coaches haven't been able to. So, yeah, yeah, no, I, I really like Natchez. I think I wrote an article about that, about how if Shifley were to get traded to the hurricanes, I would want to see him as a part of the return, but you make a great point with Jarvis. If Jarvis is on the table, that's a good move as well. I think Jarvis would be more on the table if it's a PLD. Carolina yeah, trade that, and that um, and that could be the case yeah but if in shifley's case i i do like the the nature's return if, if i were making that decision i think if you're carolina i think both guys both pld and shifley should be on the table yeah i i think you call the jets and go okay who would you rather <laughs> yeah who no kidding who, who would you think you could give to me but yeah i uh i agree um now we talked about one dubois we talked about one for Shifley. Let's do Connor Hellebuck. This is the big one because not a lot of people know what a goalie in the middle of his prime is worth with one year left on his contract, right? Like that's a goalie's never been traded coming off of a Vesna finalist thing in the middle of his prime. Like goalies just don't get traded in this. Like it just doesn't really happen. Agency. There's no precedent. There's no precedent for this, right? This, so, this could set the precedent. It could. It really the could. The Jets could um, be setting the precedent in something. It's not a good precedent, but they could be setting it. (laughs) It's not good, but it could be done. Um, TJ on Twitter says, Hellebuck with an extension plus our fifth round pick from the Rangers this year to the LA Kings 
for I follow Kapari, Turcotte, a 2023 second, and a 2024 first. Elliot, deal or no deal? I don't know if that's enough. I, I'm going to yeah. go. I, I don't think that's enough. I Again, if I'm the Jets, I would be. I know there could that could mean that deals fall through initially. But no. like with, let's say, guys like Shifley and Hellebuck. Mm-hmm. You can wait until you can wait till the trade deadline. Yes, trading yeah. but the draft is great, so you can get more capital for that specific draft. But if you have to wait and get other prospects, then fine. Mm-hmm. The only player you really have to trade is PLD. Yeah, you won't get anything. I still think Hellebuck's else. value will be way higher now because teams and, know and it may going it into may. next year. Um, like LA knows, okay, our goaltending is figured out for the next year. And this tweet also says with an extension. So this would be like for LA for the next three years or whatever, yeah. right? Three, but four I, years. I, I just don't think it's enough. I don't think it's mm. enough value for me. I, I really, Connor Hellebuck, I think probably has, I get, well, maybe PLD rivals it, but I think Connor Hellebuck personally has the highest trade value out of all yes. the assets the Jets can trade. For sure. So yeah. you should be commanding if you're going to give one first and like some pretty decent prospects. I don't know if that's enough. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Turcotte is fifth overall pick 2019. Yeah. Right. So that's that's a few drafts ago now. Like he's he's played. What is this? 12 NHL games. Never recorded a point. He's been in the AHL with the Ontario Reign. 17 points in 32 games. I mean, you got it. it sounds, we have we have jet, we have prospects that have put up more points than that. <laughs> like you've got to evaluate. Like, yeah, he's a former fifth overall pick, and I know the Kings value him highly, and I know Kings fans value him highly. But at some point, you got to evaluate like what the player's actually doing, and not where he was drafted. Yeah, right. Like, is he a fifth overall pick? Is he living up to that expectation right now? No. Um, Rasmus Kapari, twentieth overall pick in twenty eighteen. I, I don't I don't know if the Kings like to take their time with prospects or what this is all about, but this is like Billy Hanalo was drafted in 2019 and he's still in the NHL and here we are saying oh he he should be up in the NHL. Well, Kapari was drafted in 2018 and he's yeah. still in the AHL. Like he's a whole year behind. So I the we've first also round talked pick, about Billy uh, not maybe not having the higher highest ceiling anymore. Like right. we also we've yes. also now realized that okay he may not be the player that we hoped he was because his development has been stunted right right so so Kapari ended the year in the AHL he played got 15 points last year in the NHL um he he seems to I I don't know I I I it's just not there for me yet I I don't I don't see it now Kapari's 23 Turcotte's 22. Um, can these players still break out next year? Of course, obviously. Um, I've just talked about how much I like Martin Natchez, and he's only 24, right? Um, but I I think from the Kings, and this is another guy who hasn't really broken out yet. In the second half of last year, he kind of did. But if I'm talking with the Kings, whether it's Dubois, whether it's Hellebuck, no matter what, I need Quentin Byfield. That Yeah. I think I need Quentin Byfield because if it's Dubois with an extension – um, I don't know if that's enough to get Quentin Byfield back. Maybe you have to add something like Wheeler, half retained, or picks, whatever. Um, 
to get that done. Um, I don't even know if the Jets have to add to that. Like, I don't know how highly the Kings view Quentin Byfield, who's kind of struggled in the NHL to this point. Again, second half of last year, he started playing with Kopitar um, on his wing, I believe, and started playing really well. So maybe they like those flashes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm trading Hellebuck, if I'm trading Dubois, you talked about how high those guys' values are. I need the Kings' ace prospect, and that's Quentin Byfield. And and the best – like. And Byfield, I know we were talking about 2018. Like Byfield was the 20, sorry. So Kupari was 2018 and Turcotte was which draft? 2020 as well? 2019. 2019? Yeah. Byfield now, was 2020. 2020. But yeah. he has at least shown that he is some, like he can somewhat produce. Yeah. And he's kind of been, he he's that typical prospect. He's at that point where he's that typical prospect of, Okay, he's too good for the AHL, but he's not good enough for the NHL. Like he played 16 games in the AHL this year with the Ontario Rain. He had 15 points. Yeah. Like, so you know that he's on the cusp. That's where it's a little bit different. And Byfield's only 20. Yeah. The other guys are 22 and 23. Like Byfield is a couple years younger and is showing some sort of promise. So mm-hmm. that's where I, that's where it's a little bit different. But yeah, like you said, I'm in a hundred percent agreement. If I'm trading a Vesna candidate goaltender, and we know that there isn't a precedent, I think the precedent should be set that you should be trading one of your top three, let's say top three prospects. I don't know if they do consider Byfield to be a prospect anymore or if he's their number one. But yeah, just from my thought and evaluation, if I'm Kevin Shovelday off, I'm sitting there going, okay, I'm trading my Vesna caliber and finalist and has won a Vesna goaltender mm-hmm. no one's ever done this before if I'm thinking in my head what I think his value should be just based off of kind of rational thinking should be your top three prospect in a first or another like yeah. pretty decent prospect like top 15 yeah and that you should he should be Connor Hellebuck should be commanding high value that, yes. that, that that's what it should be so if high yeah. value is two top 15 prospects, one in the top three or top five, then then that's what that is. And maybe a second round pick. Yeah. But I don't know if this deal for me gets it done because I know Alex Aya follows in that deal and that's an NHL, like an NHL yeah, vet. And, already, yeah. But he's in, he's in the, like he's going to be right in the Jets top six, middle six. If, if that deal happened. And I don't um, hate I follow as a player. He's good. No, he's, I just don't player, think yeah. that like, and he fits the description. I just don't think for this trade, the rest of the assets are good enough. Like I think it could be, I follow Byfield, another decent prospect and a second for Connor mm-hmm. Hellebuck. That'd be kind of yeah. where my evaluation would be. And that's probably Hellebuck with an extension. Um, yeah. I think the extension has to be in there for, I think, them to command that much value. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I think they still get a lot if it's even if without the extension. Yeah, I I guess the question really comes down to do you value Kapari and Turcotte or Byfield? Like Kapari and Turcotte as one or Byfield? Because, again, I talked about it with Turcotte and said, well, he was a fifth-round pick, but you got to evaluate what he is right now. Byfield, at 20 years old, has 22 points this year in 53 NHL games. I know a lot of that came in the second half of last year. Um, he really struggled to start and then really came on at the end. But again, like at 20, I I don't know if I want to see more than that from a number two overall pick. We talked about Lafreniere. Like these, you're not going to get much better than this. You you got to take some shots. 
And I think Byfield is the best player to take a shot on, if that makes sense. Like you got Lafreniere, you got Turcotte, these high drafted guys that haven't broken out yet. Byfield, you can put in that category as well. And I think if you're making a bet on talent and size and NHL readiness in four years from now, I think Byfield is the best bet. So that's why th- that's where I, that I think comes you're comparable. From I think I think I know where you're coming from because I the kind of the comparable I kind of I make here. And I know obviously we weren't trading him, but is Cole Perfetti in that we hadn't like we'd seen him play really well at the AHL level, but then we hadn't seen him play well at the NHL level. And then he kind of this year he was good out the gate and then kind of slowed down. Mm-hmm. But that's young yeah. prospects. But yeah. if you see that good part at any point, either it's a good start or a good end, that's good progress. And it's to flashes, me, right? it's flashes, yeah. and that's good. I'm I have obviously I don't watch LA Kings games. I don't know if Turcotte has shown <laughs> promise or if Kupari has played and shown promise, right? But because I ha- I've heard more about Quinn and Byfield, and I've heard more not just his name, but like, hey, he looks good here. He made this play. He seems to be meshing well with these players and these types, mm-hmm. right? So that's where I kind of get that from. And that was kind of my thoughts where I kind of went to Cole Perfetti. Cole Perfetti didn't start very – he was started really well, then he kind of cooled off, and then he had some games where he was better with some guys and not good with others. But Cole Perfetti's only a year younger, and they were in the same draft eight picks apart. Yeah. Right? So to me, yeah. to me, I think – I know they're not the same type of player, but I just think that – what we saw with Perfetti was took him a little bit of time, but once he got his footing, then he started the role. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that just needs to be the case with Byfield. I think he just, he needed to get his feet going. And then obviously we saw towards the end of the year, it was better. That's, that's why I think that Byfield is the better choice because I think he has a better season next year, whether it be with the Kings or the jets or whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever happens this off season after the draft or after the draft. But I think we see him take another step. And that's where we saw Cole Perfetti. We were hoping he would take a step this year, and he took a step. Yeah. So, yeah. And Byfield, like, even when he was drafted second overall in 2020, people were saying, like, this is a project player. Like, he's 6'5, 220 pounds, um, center. That's supposed to be like two way dominant, puts up points, right? Um, but we knew coming out of the gate that that wasn't going to happen right away. That mm-hmm. wasn't going to happen when he's 20 years old. Like this year wasn't supposed to be the year where he breaks out. Um, that's coming next year or the year after that. And what you want to do as a small market team is get players before they break out. Right. Um, so I think if you're trading Dubois, who's puts the Kings in win now mode. And if you're trading Hellbuck, who puts the Kings in even more of a win now mode. Um, I and they need a goalie more. So, yeah, I mean, if you if they're trading for Dubois, this is completely gone away from the original trade proposal, but that's fine. Um, if they're trading for Dubois, like Kopitar has one year left. Um, Kopitar's thirty five. Obviously, he had an incredible year last year. He can still play, but if he has one year left, um, and they trade for Dubois with an extension, then their centers for the next five years are Philip Deneau and Pierre Luc Dubois, right now. Do they want Quentin Byfield in that mix? Do they want Deneau to be a third line center? I don't know. Um, I would assume I so. I don't know depth if it's better, but right. I don't know if Byfield is on the table in that scenario, right? Because if they're trading for Dubois with an extension, that's why. Because Kopitar is up, 
he might not come back. Um, that's that's the reasoning. Now, if they're trading for hella buck, then it's like they're all in right now for the next two, three years, right? Dubois is more of a future, like they're trying to prolong their window because they're going to sign him to an eight-year extension, I would assume, unless Dubois yeah. really wants to go to Montreal. If LA is not good enough for he him, he signs a two-year extension because <laughs> yeah. he still so, wants to go to Montreal. <laughs> LA is not good enough. No, not good enough. No, but can't no. California. Nope. No, no good. Um, but I, yeah, I, I don't really know what else to say. I, Quentin Byfield is the guy for me. From if we're trading with LA, no matter who. Dubois, Hellebuck, I want Byfield back. Um, Carolina, I want Natchez. Um, you said you you liked Jarvis. Yeah, um, I would I would take Natchez if we could if we got a little bit more from the mm-hmm. deal. But obviously, I, I think if Jarvis is on the table, you swing for Jarvis. If he's not on the table, then you obviously if Martin Natchez is on the table, you take Martin Natchez, right? Yeah, I think it just depends on who's on the table and what the other assets coming back are with the Carolina deal. Yeah, and I think. I, I think LA is one of the best teams to trade with if you're the Winnipeg Jets. Like they need they need a goalie, like you said. Uh, they have a lot of prospects. Like I'm not counting out Alex Turcotte and Rasmus Kapari as players. Like they, again, they're still young too. Like they just haven't shown it yet, but they could totally break out next year on, on the Kings or on the Jets. If the Jets gave them a shot in the top six, maybe they're, maybe Alex Turcotte plays amazing with Cole Perfetti. Maybe they just gel and they're yeah. a dynamic duo. You know, like there's, there's things there that you just can't really account for. Um, yeah. It's easy for me to say, just looking at a spreadsheet or looking at how many points he had in the AHL last year, but you never really know, right? So yeah. the last trade here, and we don't have to spend too much time on this, but, but it's a doozy. It's a doozy. It was um, it was submitted by Noah Lafort, who has submitted questions, a ton of stuff. Very Love you, Noah. very loyal listener to the podcast. Yes. Um, but he, he said Dubois, Shifley, and Hellebuck. So everyone to Chicago. How about Wheeler also half retained? <laughs> Wheeler half retained. No, throw everyone in there. So the trade request was Dubois, Shifley, Hellebuck to the Chicago Blackhawks for the first overall pick and Connor Bedard. <laughs> now, obviously, I think as a Jets fan, you take that, right? Like, are yeah. we? Yeah. I, I, I like all these. I would assume so. Anyway. I don't know yeah. if there's a Jets fan. Well, there are probably some Jets that. fans that would say that Cole, um, Connor Bedard is too small and he just puts up points and yeah. he doesn't get into the corners and whatever. But he's not going for playoff hockey. Yeah, he's just not. But Jonathan March, so did he win the Consmite? Yes, How he tall did. Is he five nine? Yeah. Oh yeah. Anyways, um, playoff <laughs> hockey, crazy, crazy. Hey, you you got to be six four to win in the playoffs, I guess. And two twenty five. Uh, yeah, you got to and be, have to read gotta... the league in penalty meds. <laughs> exactly. No, but back to this trade proposal. I think as a Jets fan, as a small market team, you, like getting a franchise player like Bedard, I think is a no-brainer. Even if you have to give up like the farm, all three of these players, right? Um, but if you're Chicago, I don't think you take that. Which is weird no, to I say. don't think I, so. But... I, even though it's like two top six centers. A Vesna goalie, I still don't think you take it because Hellebuck's on the and probably like let's say let's say the Jets throw in their first too, like do yeah. a first swap technically. Maybe but. with a first you take that because the Jets, if they trade away all those players and get Bedard, they're going to be terrible next year. Yeah, right. So maybe you take the first, and then that's another top ten pick. 
Maybe a yeah, future then. a future first, not the current yeah. first. If I were the Blackhawks, I think right. the future like first. Like next year. Next year's first. Yeah. yeah. But it's just a fun exercise to think about like how much yeah. is Connor Bedard really worth? Because I think as a Jets fan, you take that hundred yeah. percent. But as the, as a Blackhawks fan or as Blackhawks management, you don't take that. I think the window is not right now for the Chicago Blackhawks, right? And those yeah. are win now players. You don't take that deal. Now, yeah. I'm gonna go through some names here across yeah. the nhl well yeah we talked they, about this yes, before the pod yes. we were kind of saying who who would fit the bill yes now if you were these teams so we'll start with Connor mcdavid if you were the oilers would you trade this player one for one for the first overall pick i'm assuming mcdavid is a no he's the yeah mcdavid's a no he, he fits the value for <laughs> for for chicago he fits the value but i think if you're right. edmonton you say no yes if you're edmonton you say no um Let's go to Colorado. Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr. Do any of those do it for you? If I'm, if you're Colorado, if it's somebody else, like if it's a Landis Cog and like a package, mm-hmm. maybe. Nah. But I still don't think it happens. Yeah, I think but. I think McCarr is a no. McKinnon, I think about. I think McKinnon is a think about. What is his? No, his contract's not up, is it? Uh, in like two years, I think. Yeah. Soon. So or no, wait, te- no, signed. No, I'm dumb. He just signed like the biggest extension. Yeah, I, that's what I was gonna say. I was no. like, I know it was, but he signed an extension. So I yeah, was like, no. I, I think, I think we're both off. Track. I was still working under the parameter that he has like a bargain contract, which is not the case. But yeah. um, he's just had such a steal of a contract for so long that I was like, oh, Nathan McKinnon is Nico Rantanen. Rantanen, if I'm the Avs, I do that. That, that's what I'm, that's what I go I'm saying. I go ranting for, yeah. I, I um, think then you do that, but. Austin Matthews. Ooh. That's actually I, a shout. If I'm the Leafs, if I'm the Leafs, I do that, I think. I, I think that's a great deal if I'm if I'm the Leafs. Yeah. Like. I, I think I do that. You get to keep the rest of the core, core well, I guess it'd be core three. And core then you Carl bring in. Bedard. If that were to happen, going into like Toronto. he would get, he would. I, I'm sorry. I think, I think honestly, I I know the Blackhawk. Like we can't change the draft lottery, but I think this like him going to a big market was probably one of the worst thing for the league for ratings wise to balance mm, out the rest yeah. of the teams. But also, I think it hurts him because now he has to deal with big city media. And yeah. I know he's had to deal with that already, but he's he's that's pretty a lot of pressure. Media like he's he's pretty good with the media there was that whole thing after they won the gold medal well yeah he was just like i don't want to talk about me like yeah i think he's well but i'm not even just saying he's just gonna get berated whenever he's playing so i mean i think everyone expects the blackhawks to be bad next year so if it's a growth year for bedard as well that's fine if he puts up 30 goals or more then that's still insane because he's on probably the worst team but like toronto him being in toronto and them having to win and him contribute would be yeah that'd be unreal i mean that'd be just i will say for ratings leafs oilers like every time like you would have to change the divisions to get leafs oilers like 10 times a year because yeah. they would be connor bedard versus connor mcdavid in two of the biggest markets in canada like that yeah. would be you've you would have to if you're the nhl find a way to just make that happen more than twice or however many times it happens now yeah but Anyways. Go back to the Canadian divisions. Yes, the Canadian division. <laughs> yeah. As a Jets like podcast, that I, I wouldn't mind that. Um, yeah. 
Oh, but we'd have to play Pierre Luc Dubois nine times a year because when he goes to Montreal, it's well, that's okay. <laughs> that's, that's okay. okay. Yeah. It's just it, it's still just three guys. It's just Pierre. I saw. I saw. Yeah, I saw Nick Lynham on his podcast talk about how um, Montreal fans are like talking about Dubois and all that, and then it's like, well, if they were to get Dubois, let's say, and they sign him eight by eight, they have now handcuffed themselves. With Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, and Pierre Luc Dubois as their three long-term forwards that they're building this this team, and you kind of have to go into win now in the next like two years. And that those three are not good enough to win you a Stanley Cup. I'm sorry, no. like if like he they're good he made players. The point, he made the point. He was like, if you want to finish sixth in the East every year, sure, go right ahead. Like that's that's they're good fine. players. Yeah, like like they're 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 good top higher tiered talent, but. Not gonna win you yeah. a cup. No, I, I, I don't think that does it for them. But, anyways, I think is that basically or Leon Drysaddle too. I think that that's still a no. I think Edmonton's yeah. content with who they have. I, I did mention before too. the podcast. I said Connor McDavid and Drysaddle would be enough value. But now looking at the Abs, Mika Rantanen. But Rantanen, yeah, I think McKinnon and McCarr. McCarr's a no. McKinnon, you think about Matthews. I would do if I was the yeah. Leafs. Um, and then I don't really think there's anyone else. Like everyone else is a, is a no for from the Hawks side of things. Like you, well, from the Hawks side of things, like you're not really taking much because Connor Bedard, like your team's gonna suck. You want to be good for the next 15 years. You take Connor Bedard and you run. You don't yeah. make these win now moves. Um, but it's a fun exercise to think about. So thank you to Noah for giving yeah. us <laughs> giving us some weird exercise to talk about because that's that's what this podcast is all about. Oh yeah. Um, if, unless you want to like whip out a trade out of your head, I I don't have anything else. I can't really think of anything. Like we've talked yeah. about, like I mean, I guess Buffalo's on the table still. Apparently yeah. for Connor Hellebuck, There's but a in lot that deal, Buffalo I'd only I'd mocks. only take Devin Levi. Like I'd t- I'd have to take mm-hmm. a goalie back in that in that yeah. deal, especially yeah. if Levi is there. But other than that, like it's been montreal the rangers la and then buffalo's kind of died but they're still kind of around in the sweepstakes i just i just don't think like if i'm buffalo i think i keep devin levi and let this core grow together and just have him be the goalie of the future you know um i don't really know if they're in win now mode if i was them like you could be in win now mode if you really wanted to you can make them you can always be in win now mode oh well yeah just be like vegas very always or or the jets (laughs) <laughs> the jets believe in this core elliot yeah. don't worry yeah um, it will come no. around they will make a miraculous run to the west oh wait they already did that anyway when when they run it back next year you just watch they're gonna they're making they're gonna the make western conference run. <laughs> yes um no but let's let's wrap this up because i think we've 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 done a lot of mocks um mock trade season is always fun um just from a little scheduling standpoint we're going to do a draft episode, I believe. That's the best part. Next week. Yeah. So we're going to do some some research on some prospects. I've already started a bit of my rankings. I'm going to have a mock draft coming out soon. Uh, I love draft season. It's great. Yeah. And we talked a few weeks ago on whether or not the Jets are going to be picking more than once in the first round. They might be, right? Yeah. So you got to, like, you might not want to say, oh, well, uh, top 10 picks, top 10 prospects, whatever the Jets aren't picking there, right? They're only picking yeah. 18. But when the seventh overall pick comes up and the Jets, oh, on the draft floor, Pierre Luc Dubois has been traded and the Jets are on the clock. Whoa, right? All of a sudden, here are the Jets. So it's something to watch for because it's a really fun episode for us. 
Uh, we haven't done it before because, as many of you know, we started the podcast October mm-hmm. of last year. So all this offseason stuff is new. Um, but the mock trades, I mean, that's that's a really fun thing to talk about. Maybe we'll do a little bit of that next week if Brian can join us um, and get his thoughts. But I'm really looking forward to the draft episode. Oh, yeah. The, the draft draft time for any league is some of my favorite time. So should be good. Yeah. Should be fun. Should be fun. Alrighty. Let's get out of here. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. It was it was a really fun episode. A lot of fun exercises, a lot of fun mental exercises, but um, yeah. Go Jets go. Um still go Sea Bears. You've been listening to the Level Flight Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. 